One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Man, you guys, look at your neighbor and say, thanks for bringing the fire with you tonight. Yeah, that's what we do, man. We bring the fire. That Wednesday night group is something else. Boy, I'm telling you. But, uh, and, you know, we love everybody on Sunday, too, because... <laughs> but I'm just saying, we can, woo, there'll be some different kind of fire going on on a Wednesday. Amen. Well, let's pray before we get into the word. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Amen. See, this is a place of faith. You know, we always have you do faith things, right? Like, say something. Oh, look at your neighbor. Well, you got to say something. You know, you might say, well, um, I don't know if I want to say it. Well, you need to get used to saying it. That's where your power is. Amen. I want to preach this message tonight. And obviously it's Faith Academy, but we're going to preach this message tonight entitled Determination. Determination. And this is very important. I mean, determination, when you think about that, that's a, boy, that's a, a, a relentlessness that you would have. It's a tenacity. It's, it's a, you know, where you're like, a refusal to be denied. Amen. Come on. How many of y'all up in here where you have a refusal to be denied? See, some people can say, oh, well, you know, I heard that in the Bible and I believe God's going to do something like that or that. But then they, you know, if it doesn't work out their way or whatever, then, you know, they're, they get quiet about stuff. But then there's others. Come on, somebody. There's others that are like blind Bartimaeus. Amen. Who said, no, no. They said, be quiet. He said, Jesus. And then they said, come on, man. All the religious folks said, be quiet. He said, Jesus. He got louder. Why? Because he was determined. He was determined to get what he needed. How I many know you got to be determined? Amen. You got to be determined and you got to say, oh, no, I'm not going to settle. Uh, man, I'm up in here, man. <clears throat> See, when you have determination, this will get you to do some stuff. That's going to push you into your victory. See, God's got a victory for us, but we got to do something about this, man. We can't just sit back and say, well, you know, um, whenever God wants to, it's fine with me. No, you got to take your stance. You got to say, oh, no, that's what God said I can have. And ain't no devil in hell going to be able to stop me from getting it. Come on. That's determination. Amen. And when it comes to faith. Faith is not something we back down from. Let me let me help you with this. There's too much of this going on uh, in our world. People starting out in faith, but then backing down. No, if you start out there, stay there. And in fact, get stronger. You're not supposed to start out and then regret, regret, regress. I can't even say that. See, I don't, you know, certain words I just took out of my vocabulary. Amen. Praise God. But, you know, you're not supposed to start out big in the new year. And then be just barely limping your way on into the end of the year. And then what you're going to do, get revived, fresh hope again for the new year. You're supposed to be going from glory to glory. Amen. That's what you're supposed to do. And so faith is not something we back down from. And so when you decide to believe, now who can decide that for you? Nobody. You don't want us got to decide that you're going to believe. You can try your best to decide for somebody else to believe. But it ain't going to be real to them like it is to you. You have to decide. So when you decide to believe, you got to stick with it. Amen. Come on. Look at your name and say, don't change your confession. All right, let's go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And we're going to look Hebrews 10, verse 38, 38 and 39. 
Okay, so now the just, who is that? That's those that are justified by Jesus Christ. Amen. Nobody justifies themselves. Nobody can stand and say, well, you know, I'm this way or that way because of me. No, it's because of what you believe. And so we're justified by Jesus. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Next verse. But we are not of of them who draw back. Look at his name and say, we don't draw back. Oh, you know, some people think that this scripture is only referring to backsliding. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't sin. I don't go to the club no more or whatever. But this ain't what this is talking about. This is talking about we don't start out believing God and then we back down. Come on. We don't start out believing God. Come on. Some people do that every time this time of year comes around. They're good believing God for their healing in the summer. Oh, I can't get no amen right there. But when they go to work and everybody's sniffling and hacking and all this type of stuff, they start saying, ooh, I should, hmm, yeah, man, I better, you know, y'all got some hand sanitizer in here? How come you wasn't asked for hand sanitizer in the summer? Yeah. See what I'm saying? You have to decide what you believe and you got to stick with it regardless of what's going on around you. And so, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, which is sin and let me let me help with this. Anything that is not of faith is sin. And that's what he tells us in Romans chapter 14. And so you have to believe because if you don't believe and we also know Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I got to have faith. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And so does this mean we believe this all the way to the end. And we're not going to back down. And so if we understand this, we know that our faith is not conditional or subject to anything going on in the world. You can't all of a sudden stop believing in prosperity because the economy is bad. Come on, you can't all of a sudden stop believing in healing because there's an epidemic breaking out. No, you got to keep believing what you started out believing. Now, the problem with that is a lot of people never really believed it. See, you don't know you really believe something until you're challenged. And when you're challenged and you but you are one that's found to have determination, you say, well, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they said. I'm going on what he said. Amen. And if you can get to that place in your life. Boy, you're going to have greater victories because the devil can't stop God's plan. But he tries his best to delay it by getting you to doubt it. And so our faith is not conditional or subject to anything going on in our world. Our faith is in God alone. Come on, y'all. Our faith is in God alone. Do you understand that's what we're doing as Christians? We're believing in God. We're be- now, if you think about God, what is more powerful than him? But we say, we establish this, man. We establish our faith. What do you have faith in? I have, my faith is in God. Why are so many people wavering then? God says, you know, I'm the Lord, I change not. And so just because there's a situation that may look like it could be difficult, But God says, I don't change. So just like you believe me for heaven, believe me for everything. That's what I want to meet. I mean, I know I got a lot of them over here, but I want to meet some real Christians. Come on, somebody. I want to meet some Christians that that just flat out believe God. They believe God so much that the whole vocabulary has changed. I mean, they just don't even speak the same way that everybody speaks. Their whole. Come on, man. They just believe God and they're just not afraid of nothing. All these scared Christians. What? God's not giving us a spirit of fear. One of power, love, and of a sound mind. So then if God didn't give it to us, come on, the devil gave it. And a lot of people are taking the bait. And, but our faith is in God alone. Mark eleven twenty two. Just these, the end of it, these four words, have faith in God. 
So no matter what you're going through in your life, what you're facing, if you could just remind yourself of this, have faith in God. Y'all in here with me. So who is this that I'm talking about? I'm talking about God. Have faith in God. And if we understand that, he can do anything. I know I didn't, I didn't give you guys this one, but uh, Psalm 8610. Psalm 8610. And you just, you know, get some of these extra scriptures, but you just remind yourself, man, I'm, I'm putting all my trust in God. I'm not worried about what this world is saying. And then this is God here. He says, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. So that's why I said we have our, our faith is in God alone. I'm a man. I'm going to trust him. And if I do that, it's going to cause me to live a different way. You know, it's going to cause you to think a different way. And in some cases, you'll be out of touch. I like that. Come on. I'll be trying, man. I'll be trying to stay out of touch with stuff. You know what I mean? I like to be like, well, what's going on? I don't know. I, I, you're talking about the world? I don't know what's going on in the world, but you want, you want to talk some kingdom? Amen. Come on, I got a lot of insight on the kingdom now. Me, we're going to have a good discussion on the kingdom, but you start talking about what's going on in the world. I don't know who these people are. I don't know their names. I don't know what they're into. I don't know what their philosophy is. Come on, somebody, because for me, I don't have the ability to be on both sides of the street. I just ain't, I ain't got it like that. Amen. I don't have that kind of skill level. So that means I have got to be all the way with God. All the way with God and nothing else. And sometimes when you are all the way with God like that, you become ignorant to the world. Amen. You know, it's okay to be ignorant of the world's ways. You don't have to know everything about what the world is doing. What you what you need to know is what God is doing. You need to know what God is doing. And I think I said this on Sunday. You ought to ask God, well, what are you doing in the earth right now? Instead of paying attention to everybody else. Amen. Have faith in God. That's back to that uh, Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. That, that sounds simple, right? But what if you do it? So what is this faith when you say have faith in God? This faith is an unwavering trust and confidence in God. How many of y'all right now have an unwavering trust and confidence in God? So, so what does that mean? Like what, how is that going to impact your life? You'll be talking about, well, I know God's got it. I know, brother, I know, sister, but what's your plan? God's got it. Oh, no, but yeah, I, okay, but what are we going to do? No, we're going to trust God. Now, when it starts to waver, that's when you start having them think tanks. Amen, come on. You, you start getting some intellectual minds together and coming up with first heaven plans. You can't be having first heaven plans when you have second heaven enemies. So you need to go ahead and get your planning from the third heaven so that you would be above the opposition that's coming your way. And God will show you how to navigate through this stuff. And so you have to believe in God more than you believe in your situation. Boy, this right here, man. Do you know that if you believe in God more than you believe in your situation, then your situation is subject to change? Because there have been people that have been in situations that seem like they're very problematic. But if you believe in God. Right. That's what Jesus would say, like the other blind men that were following him, he said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Well, they were blind. They were blind, but yet they following him. Like I said last week or whatever, how are you going to follow somebody and you're blind? You can't even see. 
they saw they saw through some different eyes. And Jesus said, believe he said, become what you believe. But now you have to believe in God more than you believe. Come on, somebody in your situation. Anything you're looking at, <clears throat> if it's healing in your body, you got to believe in God more than you believe in sickness. Some people, <clears throat> they don't know the name of stuff. You know, a lot of people don't know they're sick until somebody tells them they're sick. Did, y'all, did you? They don't know they're sick until somebody says, hey, you know you're sick. Oh, really? What? I didn't know that. And then their mind starts to agree with that. But before, they just run around like everything's fine. Amen? So you wonder, what can happen? I think I heard a testimony recently from one of the pastors. um, But... um, I don't know if it was my pastor or Bill or I don't know. But he said that this one man had cancer. They said he had cancer and he died and the, and the family wanted to do an autopsy. They did the autopsy and he had no cancer. They didn't find it. So what happened? Hey man, you guys diagnosed him with that and treat him for that and he didn't have it? You know, the enemy can get you to believe some stuff. Excuse me. If if you tell yourself, this is what people do. This is what, and that's why it's my job to preach the truth. What happens when people have symptoms trying to come on them? Now we've been trying to train the best way we can at this church. So we say, I'm experiencing a healing. But the average person says, I'm sick. Well, that's a confession. Oh, come on. That's a confession that brings stuff to you. But you can have another confession that's pushing stuff off you. And then you don't believe in it. Amen. What if you did stuff like you coughed and said, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. (laughs) You caught. Get off me, devil. I told you. Ain't nobody got time to play with you. Now, is this unrealistic? Pastor, it's December. But what are you supposed to be doing? Believing, right? You're not supposed to fall into everything that everybody falls into. Because you're created in a different way. You're built different. So faith, unwavering Trust and confidence in God. And so if I believe in God more than I believe in my situation, then I can expect some change. And God might start to show me some different things. And so let's go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11.3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All right. Through faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Oh, this is this is giving us some insight. So we understand that the unseen is more powerful than the seen. Man, there's a whole world going on, a spiritual world that uh, I was sharing with the men last night, but that's more normal to us than this natural realm. We've been tricked. So the stuff we see going on around us, we think that's normal. This ain't even normal. We've been tricked. But what you have to do is lock into the word. And then if you get enough word in you, the word will start to convert your soul. Come on, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions needs to be converted. And so you've got to be in that situation where you say, I'm going to get enough word in me to where I'm going to convert my soul. And you know what, man, I'm telling you right now, the body is not even a match for the soul. So what does that mean? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So you can think your way into sickness or you can think your way into health. Amen. Amen. You can think your way into sickness or you can think your way into health. But you know what's no match? Even if the, the body is no match for the soul, well, the soul is no match for the spirit. Man, we got so much power on the inside of us. But we're getting tricked. And people are going for stuff and they're convincing themselves to believe stuff that they don't even have to believe that. Amen? And so the unseen is more powerful than the seen. So through faith, what is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We'll look at that in a minute. But through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, if this is the way things are created, why are people stuck in the scene? Why are people stuck in what they see with the natural eye? Why have they moved? Come on, somebody. Instead of changing something, how many know what you see can change? It don't have to be like that. You got the power to change it. But you got to see something different. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, the worlds were framed by the word of God. And so what we got to do is make a commitment to the word of God and let the word of God become our truth and not the word of man or the word of your situation, the word of your neighborhood. Come on, the word of your family. Everybody going on everybody else's word. Well, you know, this runs in our family. What family are you talking about, man? I mean... It don't have to come down your way. Amen. Now, unseen. So if we understand everything was created, so things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. So the stuff you see, see, God didn't wait for something to be there and then try to copy it. That's what the devil does. That's why you never have to worry about technology. Don't ever worry about all this technology, all this AI and all this type of stuff, because it is all second heaven power. That's it. Second heaven power making an imprint on the first heaven. And so what does that mean? See, second heaven power is dependent upon the ability to copy. There is no original creation. The devil doesn't do anything original. Original things come from the third heaven because they're made by things we don't see. See, the original is God. Well, God, through Jesus, gives us the power to be up there with him. And so we have the power to create, not copy. And so every time the enemy tries to get you upset about something, it's because he's trying to copy something and make you believe that it's the real deal. Amen. But if you take it up and say, oh, no. I'm getting my power from God. And so God is above everything. So it doesn't matter how many things they come out with or, you know, all these things that are supposed to harm people. And you know what I'm saying? What if you start believing all that stuff? Say, well, you know, airplanes are very dangerous. What, you going to stop flying? So that's it, man. I'm taking a bus. That's like John Madden. You guys, I don't know if you guys know John Madden, the old football announcer guy. He used to be a coach. This brother would catch the bus. He would ride his bus everywhere. He refused to get on a plane. You know how much time he wasted? In his many years of life, I think he lived to 80 or something. But this man wasted so much time because he didn't want to get on no plane. That's just a shame. Amen? I don't know why I said that, but he, uh, he, uh, he's not known for believing in God. But I'm just saying, people will allow fears and they allow so many things to just hinder them. And you'd be surprised as how many people let that stuff slide. And they are, they are Christians. Amen. I don't think Jesus would be happy with it. You say you're a Christian. But you still believing in this or that. You raising your hand, brother. Yeah. What? You got a question? I heard you, you came on the radio. 
<laughs> wow. Dang, the lady, in case uh, y'all didn't hear that, the lady wants to be cremated because she's claustrophobic. Wow, I have heard it all. <laughs> I have heard it all. Whew. Man, see, people believe anything, man, I'm telling you. But what we are supposed to do is believe in God. That's what we're supposed to do. We believe in God. And we already know God has done some wonderful things. We know what the Bible says. He said, let there be light and there was light. God wasn't waiting for nothing to be created. He was speaking it into existence. And so we got to be a people, followers of God, believing that the unseen, that's where the power is. So go to 1 John 4.12. 1 John 4.12. No man hath seen God at any time. I just want y'all to focus on that. No man has seen God at any time. And then, you know, I think it's uh, Exodus 33. You don't have to turn there, but he says that no man can look upon me and still live. So what, what is this saying? You, you're not going to remember see him like you think. Uh, people need to be convinced because, you know, they need to see some. Well, you've got to understand the power of this unseen. And no man had seen God at any time. Now, I ran into this when I was studying it. But anyway, uh, let me see. Behold, there's a place. Okay, uh, let, let's just put this up real quick. Exodus 33.20. Exodus 33.20. King James. So we understand this about God. You know, some people, some people still just like, well, well, God needs to show it to me. Or God need, man, you better get out of that. You don't have to prove none to you. And he said, thou can, it's basically cannot see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. So as this means, this flesh is not equipped to look on the face of God. Amen. That's why we can't live in our flesh. Because our flesh Ain't even nowhere near prepared to go see God. Amen. But because of Jesus, we can have this connection through our spirit. And so no man has seen God. Then God is saying, you can't even look on my face. Nobody's looked on my face and lived. Well, we know we haven't seen him. Right. Somebody says, well, I seen God and all that. You said, what do you look like? They don't know. They haven't seen him. But. Yet we still believe. So you haven't seen him. But you still believe. How come you believe? See, you haven't seen him. But yet you still believe. Now go to John. John 20. So we know the story about doubting Thomas. Amen. We know the story about doubting Thomas. Um, So basically to paraphrase, Jesus appeared to the other disciples after, you know, his crucifixion. But Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the others. But so the others go tell Thomas, hey, we seen Jesus. Man, he came back. This is awesome. But what did Thomas say? But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with him when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, see that? We have seen the Lord. Now, Jesus already told them what was going to happen. Amen. Didn't he? Y'all, come on, y'all. You know your Bible. He already said, I'm going to be crucified on the third day, be raised again, all that type of stuff. Well, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except 
I shall see in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of nails and thrust my hand into his side. What? I will not believe. Now, he was sitting there when Jesus told him what he's going to do. So-called following Jesus. But when what he said was going to happen, happened. Now all of a sudden, well, <laughs> unless I put my finger in his hand and in his side, I will not believe. Man, you said that with such confidence. Next verse. And after eight days, again, his disciples were with uh, within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Now. I want you to catch this. uh, Scene here. So they're together. In closed doors. And Jesus showed up. But he didn't knock on the door. Y'all in here with me. Y'all just saying. He came on in the room, but he didn't use the door. (laughs) How many know that to get some people's attention? Jesus showed up in here right now. uh, People would be shocked, period. But he just, you know, he didn't use no elevator, nothing. Just came on through that window right there. Just what what y'all doing in here? You said you believe? Up in here, a word of life. Ah, oh, some of y'all start repenting. Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Say, for what? We ought to be just transparent, right? And so now he appears and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. And he stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then he, then said he to Thomas. So he already knew, you know, what, see, Sometimes people say stuff about somebody that's not there. And they're real confident, aren't they? And they get, you know what I'm saying? Somebody gets to talk about somebody else. That other person is not there. They're a little more vocal and a little more into it. But then all of a sudden, if you heard, if you found out they heard everything you said, then you're a little, oh, (laughs) well, Jesus heard everything. He knew everything Thomas said. So he didn't even come in there saying, hey, Thomas, so these guys told me what you said. No, he just came in there automatically dealing with Thomas. He said, then said he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. See, he knew what Thomas had said. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless. Wow. So Jesus shows up through the door. All this supernatural stuff goes right to Thomas. Man, give me your hand. I've been here talking all this mess. Give me your hand. And then he says, be not faithless, but believing. You said you believed. But now... When you have a chance to show you believe, you're doubting. Come on. Some of y'all said you believe God, but when you have a chance to show that you believe him, does he need to show up on you? Come on. Does he need to come through a door without opening the door for you to believe? Does he have to grab your hand? A lot of people aren't that different than Thomas. I mean, we could say, oh, Thomas, man, that, you know, that brother, man, he's just doubting, man. But a lot of people have been doubting like Thomas the whole time. But we ought not be that way. But we have to believe. And so let's continue. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. But look at this. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet 
have believed. So now Jesus is introducing him to the power of the believer. This is the real power of the believer. This is faith. See, a lot of people say, oh, I have faith. They just misuse it. They don't know what faith means. But this is the real power of the believer. That ability to have faith. And remember that unseen is more powerful than the seen. And man, the enemy has tricked so many people and a great majority of people in the world have been trapped in the scene their whole life and absolutely oblivious to the unseen. They don't even know that they have angels surrounding them even right now. Come on. What if what if you call revelation of that? I have angelic protection 24 hours a day. But do you really believe it? See, there's stuff going on, man. There's angels waiting, right? They're waiting. I was sharing this with the men last night, but they're waiting, man. They're waiting for you to tell them what to do. But yet, if an angel showed up on some people, they'd be terrified. That's why angels always said, fear not. But actually, Hebrews 1.14 says that they are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those of us who shall be the heirs of salvation. And so we have angels ready to serve us. But they operate in the unseen. But a lot of people are stuck in the scene. And they're moved by, Right? what they see with their natural eye. And so Jesus was introducing Thomas to this power, this real power of the believer, which is faith. Now, Hebrews 11.1, 1, just look at that. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? So what does this mean? Does this mean that Just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Hmm. But I just got to know how to pull it in. And the way I'm able to pull it in is through faith. And so the unseen, once again, is more powerful than the seen. Now, you've got to ask God like, Lord, man, this is some powerful stuff. So are you telling me that there is... Something going on that could be right in front of me and I don't see it. Oh, come on, y'all. Are you telling me it could be happening right in front of me right now and I can't see it? Don't be satisfied with that. Because God says there's a lot going on. And that's why. You can't be paying attention to the news and all this. Man, I'm telling you, this stuff, okay, it's first heaven information. But it's coming from the second heaven. We know Satan is the prince and power of the air. And so he's running all this stuff. But boy, if you were able to just be lifted up and look down on it, and you would see it's not what they think. It's not what they said. There's another reality. There's another. Come on. Now your expectations are going to change. But now I'll tell you, this is kind of hard because to really start to tap into this, you almost have to be ripped away. You have to be ripped away from your attachment to the natural realm. And it takes a, a, a lot of training. I try to share with you guys as your pastor. It takes a lot of training. But I'm asking God, I want to be on that level, man. I'm ready to be walking like that. I'm ready to be walking like to where I don't even second guess it. I hear the Lord tell me and I just said, bam. But when I said, I don't think twice. I expect it. Boom, 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 boom. I'm ready to start experiencing this next level of power. But this is not new age. This is nothing that somebody we made up or something. This has been ours. But we've been deceived to 
following after stuff. And it's just like, you know, you, you know, uh, how they say cliches and stuff. What they, there's one that says everything that glitters is not gold or something like that. And so, you know, the enemy, oh, why, how does this work? Because people, huh? You really got to be careful in today's time. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody could be attracted to somebody because they look a certain way. And later on, they get to taking off stuff, pulling off stuff. And you say, wow. Oh, dang, I what? <laughs> By the time you get down to the real person. Right. But if I start to understand, I want I want God to show me like, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to be seeing. That's what I want. You know, I just want Lord, show me what I'm supposed to be seeing. Not these distractions. I want to now distractions are just like, you know, a bug on your windshield. But we know how to look past that because we drive every day. And if we started to focus on the bug on the windshield, we'd be running everything. So we know how to do that easily. We just keep going because we are focused on something else. Do you know, even when you're on your way to work, you're already visualizing, you're already seeing ahead and you have a plan of being to work at a certain time. But you don't know for sure if that's going to happen. But you take off in faith. And some of you guys take off and you're doing phone calls and you're doing that. You don't even think about it. Next thing you know, you're at work. But you already visualized pulling up on time. You, you weren't thinking about, oh, man, this could happen. That could happen. Because you're looking way ahead. And so you don't even anticipate anything going wrong. Well, There's a way of life that God wants us to uh, receive and really just bring it into our norm to where we look beyond. We don't even prepare for things going wrong because that's not what our expectation is. And so the unseen is more powerful than the seen. Go to Second Kings. We talked about this, I think Brother Lee brought this up last night, but this, we got so many examples in the word. And so we know this story. Uh, Elisha and his servant, right? His servant comes. He's scared because they're surrounded. They're supposed to be surrounded by the enemy. But Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Now stop right there. So we're talking about the unseen. The unseen is what you cannot see with the natural eye. But Elisha. He must have already seen something because he wasn't upset like the servant. So the servant comes. We're surrounded. What are we going to do? Well, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Well, didn't he already see the opposition? So wouldn't we say his eyes were already open? But that was the wrong eyes. See, sometimes... In your life, you might need to look again. Come on, you can look at a situation, look at something, you might need to look again. Say, Lord, let me see, I'm looking through the wrong eyes right now. Because all I'm seeing is opposition, all I'm seeing is difficulty. Let me see, let me look again. And sometimes you got to close your eyes in order to see. Oh, come on, y'all. Sometimes you got to close your eyes in order to see. And so... Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So they were supposed to be surrounded. But the unseen is more powerful than the seen. And so now when Elijah prayed, his eyes were open and now he was able to see in this unseen realm. And what happened? There were chariots of fire surrounding. And so what what does that mean? 
there was more for them than could be against him. That's why Jesus said when they came to get Jesus out of the garden of Gethsemane, didn't he say, um, Peter cut his ear off and he put the man's ear back on and said, man, don't you know, I can have 12 legions of angels here in a second. 12, what? A legion is about 6,000. Amen. So we, I mean, good, nice. 72,000 angels. What they going to do? What's going to be left? (laughs) Right? If one angel destroyed like 185,000 men, so what's 72,000 angels going to do? But this is the type of power that, you know, we have access to. And so Elisha knew this, but he needed the servant. Now, why was the servant in a panic? Because the servant was moved by his circumstance. And so he was in a panic and a panic. Anybody that's in a panic, anybody that's afraid. Now, I'll say this and I'm telling you, I'm I'm. I talk about it a lot, but I, and I pray about it, but God ain't changing. I'm telling you, we are moving away from emotions. Amen. Uh, but, you know, we're people. I know. I know. And we all have feelings. I know. But I'm trying to teach you there's another level because you can't operate in this unseen with your emotions. You take your emotions into the unseen, you're going to get kicked out. Because you take them emotions up into the unseen, that's like giving a Ferrari to a 16-year-old. They do not know how to handle it. And it's going to be casualties. And so God won't even let you stay up there. Oh, no, you're going to be coming up in here. That's why people, you know, don't, don't be confused. Like, I had a time with the Lord, and this was wonderful. And you can have a time of worshiping. You can have a time of weeping before the Lord and all this type of stuff. But that's for that. But before he lifts you up into the unseen, you're going to get rid of all that crying. Oh, you're going to get rid of all that crying and all that goosebumps and all that uh, shaking and quaking. People be doing some weird shaking and woo. Uh, God, what is it going? I'm going to do with you with all that woo. I need you to see something. Huh? I'm I'm telling I'm not. There's a time like you you can get into that worship. You can get into some time. I'm talking about God can come upon you and you can fall out in the spirit in your own house. But that ain't for you to go seeing no supernatural. That's because you need some help and he's coming upon you. His presence is coming upon you. A lot of times he'll bring some healing. He'll bring some deliverance. He'll bring some restoration. But he ain't showing you a bunch of stuff. Oh, come on. No, pastor. I was I was in there and I couldn't stop crying. But I saw you don't know what you saw. Your eyes was all blurry. But what God will do is after you get through that. Come on, you'll be able to be still in his presence. Then he could take you up. He can take you up and start to reveal Start to show you stuff and you get excited about it because he wants he's only going to show you stuff because he wants you to do something. You know what I'm saying? He wants there's a purpose to everything God does. That's why God doesn't want us just getting all. You know, emotional, like right now, I could just. God could just hit me with the Holy Ghost and I could just be uncontrollably speaking in tongues and crying and all that. What's that going to do for you? So pastor, pastor's having a time. Praise the Lord. Then you go home and somebody said, well, what you learn at church? Oh, you know, pastor just had a time. I think he got hit with something. He won't do that because this is a time for me to teach you. This is a time for me to teach you the book so you can learn 
how to grow and prosper in God. See, God is not, oh, all these out-of-order people. When they're supposed to be teaching somebody, they go off on an emotional tangent, and emotions are contagious. They are. That's why, you understand, that's why this is not good for us. We cannot get into any supernatural. God will not trust you with supernatural encounters if you cannot control your emotions. I just offended all the emotional people. But it's true. Now, you know, we, like I said, the emotions are contagious. We can watch people. You know, I think as as you get older, especially me, you get softer. You know, you say, oh, man, you start feeling for people. You know, somebody could be crying on a TV show. And you find yourself. <laughs> I, mean, I, I used to try to hide it behind my glasses. But I. My son was the worst. He'd be like, Dad, what? <laughs> What are you doing? (laughs) Right? But emotions are natural for the natural man. But they are not spiritual. Y'all okay with getting that? Emotions are natural for the natural man. But they're not spiritual. Angels don't get emotional. Demons don't get emotional. They're on assignment. And they're about the business at hand. So now when I want to start to operate and function in power and navigate in the unseen, I got to learn how to let my emotions stay down here. Y'all in here with me. So that way I'm not hindered In any way, from receiving what God has given me and seeing what God wants me to see and then being able to do what God wants me to do and being able to speak what God wants me to speak. Amen. This is how we start to bring change into our situations. And so if Elisha would have been emotional. He wouldn't have been able to help his servant. He wouldn't have been able to pray effectively. So Elisha was not moved because to him, he was not surrounded. Because he already tapped into the unseen. And so for us, if we understand this, faith allows us to tap into the unseen and then now pull it down into the scene. That's what you want to do. Faith will allow you to tap into the unseen and pull it down into the scene. And we have the ability to do this. It's a part of our new DNA because we're the seed of Abraham. Let's go to Romans, Romans 4. So we see this. We'll just read through some verses. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Stop right there. So this is the character of God. We're created in the image of God. And what does God do? He's caused those things that are not as if they were. So what does that mean? He's speaking things that are not in the scene, but they do exist in the unseen. And he's speaking those things. Come on, somebody. You start catching revelation of this. You'll start speaking to how many of y'all want to start speaking to money in the unseen? Oh. See, the world tries to get you to be confined. They want you to be in a box. They want you to be limited by what you could see. But there's another level. And God wants you to tap into that. And so faith is what allows us. And so he speaks those things that are not as if they were. Next verse. Now, this is Abraham, the character of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. So against hope, ain't even no reason you believe in that. But that's what you believe. The things that they say don't believe it, you say, oh, I believe it. Ooh, is that raining? 
Amen. The glory of God. Amen. We receive it. Thank God for our uh, shelter. Amen. Praise God. But who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. And so how are you going to believe that you're going to become the father of many nations and, you, and you're already old? The unseen is more powerful than the seen. Come on. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. Come on. Didn't Jesus tell Thomas, stop being faithless. And Abraham was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. That was the scene. That's what he saw. You know what he saw? An old man. But he was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered now. How many of y'all ready to be like that? Come on, we're going to close in a minute. But how many of y'all ready to say, I'm not even going to... I said, this whole message is titled Determination. Hey, man, some of you just need to come, just become hard-headed in your faith. Come on. I just, I don't care what... Man, I don't care what these people say. This is what I believe. And that way you won't change your confession. But if you don't become stubborn in your faith, then your faith is going to be wavering, man. You're going to be moving left and right. And, and people, man. But if you decide, no, no, that's what I believe. Well, Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What causes people to stagger? Unbelief. Because they're looking at what they see with their natural eye. But if they could ever see Boy, if you ever catch a vision of your body in the spirit. Y'all didn't hear me on that. If you ever catch a vision of your body in the spirit. It's going to ruin your days of sickness. It's going to ruin your days of ailments. Because you have seen something else. And now you're driven by that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Next verse. And then he says here, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. We started out by saying, man, we believe in God. That's what we that's who we believe in. We're not believing in ourselves and what we can do and uh, the power of ourselves. We're believing in God. Amen? Amen. And if we believe in God, then we know that all of the promises of God are yes and in him. Amen. But you've got to be willing to allow God to give you more faith in the unseen than the faith you have in the scene. And you're going to see things change. Some people might just think you're in denial. Well, you need to be in denial. We need to deny the devil and keep denying him and let it be known. I am who God said I am. I can have what God said I can have. I can do what God said I can do. Can't no devil from ain't no devil. That is going to be able to stop me. Because I'm walking in the power of God. Amen. Praise God. Clap for God one more time. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for releasing your word in this place. We stand on it, God. We believe in it. And we know that your word is true. We know that your word is the truth and that nothing else can stand to your word. So we've decided tonight that we're simply going to believe what you said. We're not going to be moved by what others say. We're going to stand on the truth. Maybe you're watching this right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know that you can receive him into your heart right now. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It matters what you say. Because he's knocking on your heart right now. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me 
for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord, amen.